That is Sky with Four Sons by John Luther Adams, sung by the Philadelphia-based choir The Crossing, and that is from a newly released CD on Cantaloupe of John Luther Adams' Canticles of the Holy Wind. He's already staked a claim on the ocean and most of Alaska, and now the wind. But this is a remarkable piece, which is very much a coming out for the crossing, too. There's been a lot of word of mouth about them the last few years. They have had a lot of important premieres, and this really shows what they can do. The piece is actually co-commissioned by The Crossing and a Latvian group called Kammer. And if you follow the choral scene worldwide, Latvian choirs are sort of like, they're, they're sort of like the East African distance runners. Nobody can touch Latvian choirs, except maybe The Crossing. This is Phil Klein. You're listening to Soundword, which is a collaboration between Q2 Music and Relevant Tones. And I'm Seth Bosted, the host of Relevant Tones. Happy to be here again. Phil, tell me a little bit more about this piece because, I mean, this is actually, these are only singers, right? This is a cappella vocal. Yes. Uh, well, The Crossing is a big group. Uh, they're a chamber choir that normally is, I believe, 24 voices. For this one, they muscled up a little bit. I think there are at least 36 singers in there. Uh, I think they might have added a few basses to get that that great <laughs> Eastern European sound there. But, um, yes, this piece was, like I said, commissioned by The Crossing and Kammer. It's, let's see, I'm trying to think. I don't know of any other John Luther Adams choral works. It's certainly nothing of this scope. And it doesn't, I mean, you know, when, when you first hear it, when you first send it to me, I actually didn't even do anything except put it on. And it took a little while for me to realize that those were voices because it sounds orchestral in the very beginning. Yes, they're really they're really blended. I mean, I don't know how much that has to do with the acoustic, but uh, he, yeah, he, I, th I think he is going for the effect of wind and and like a very gentle wind. Actually, there 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 are no gales in this piece, although there are very loud birds. <laughs> so this is a guy who lived in Alaska for a long time. He's mm -hmm. been very, you know, he's an activist in terms of uh, climate change, all of these things. He's been in New York for what a couple of years now. Do you think mm -hmm. that he's going to trans, you know, late? his sound into city <laughs> imagery, into urban landscapes? It just so happens I actually asked him that because last year he did a piece uh, that involved Q2 and the Metropolitan Museum where he wrote uh, sort of an urban piece which was to be experienced by we all put on headphones and walked through well the area between the Metropolitan Museum of Art and their, their satellite museum, the Breuer, and what he did was he recorded that walk, which takes about nine or ten minutes, and then he, like, filtered it and massaged it so that when you put the headphones on, it sort of felt like you were listening to the skeleton of the city. Not the actual city, but sort of like some weird magnetic resonance of it. And it was a very urban piece, and I remember talking to him about it, and I think he views it's just another ecology. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's interesting. Well, I want to hear that whole movement, so let's return to Canticles of the Holy Wind and the first movement, Sky with Four Suns, by John Luther Adams.
That was The Sky with Four Suns, one of the movements of Canticles of the Holy Wind by John Luther Adams. There are four pieces in Canticles, which begin with the word sky, and they are similar to one another, that same kind of like layered, meditative, palindromatic quality that you just heard. Then there are four pieces that begin with wind. Let's see, there are two pieces that are hours. Hour of the doves, hour of the owls, and then there are a number of bird pieces, which get to be rather riotous. And that's um, really kind of his thing, right? He's inspired by bird song, or I shouldn't say his the, thing because I know you say like, that, he owns one, the ocean. And... That's definitely one of his gigs. Well, it's it's interesting because I was thinking of Messian and a few other composers, and yeah. I was just thinking, wow, they each have their very own way of doing it. Messian's birds are very just naturalistic. It's like, oh, there's one there, and whereas John Luther Adams is definitely like shaping them toward a certain kind of sort of idealized sound. It's, it's just a different approach. It's great. It's like synesthesia. I mean, nobody hears red the same way, right? <laughs> it's the same. Nobody huh? hears these birds apparently the same way. You could have Messian and John Luther Adams in a room listening to the same birds and get very different music out of it, which yeah. I think is great. <laughs> well, the first piece that I brought in is by a Lithuanian composer, Vitatis Germanovicius. And this came to me sort of obliquely. I was just at the Classical Next conference in Holland where I ran into Franco Terry, a celebrated new music journalist and composer. And he was telling me about this disc that he curated of Lithuanian composers. And oddly enough, this was already kind of in my mind because I was at the Warsaw Autumn Festival in the fall and our host there was telling us all about Lithuanian composers and how there's this amazing scene going on there. So when Frank told me that he had curated a, a two-CD set of musical Lithuanian composers, I was interested. And weirdly, he had one on him, <laughs> and he gave it to me right there. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> we were like literally sitting in a bar in Rotterdam, and he went, oh, well, I've got it right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, whips it out. So uh, I listened to it on the plane coming home, and there's some really great stuff. I mean, there's, there's a, there seems to me to be a tremendous freedom there in terms of style ideas. They don't seem to be bound by it has to be atonal or it has to be minimalist or they seem to just be able to do anything that they want and that's really exemplified in this piece. It's for piano trio. It's a, It consists of seven short movements and you're going to hear Baroque influences. You're going to hear things that sound kind of like more in a, in a rock style. There's all kinds of different things going on in the piece. It's called Biranchios Arcos or Crumbling Arches and we're going to hear Albina Sixmute Piano Rust Matatya, violin, and Edmundus Kukakis, cello. This is music by Vitantis Germanovicius, a Lithuanian composer.
I love it doesn't resolve that at the end. <laughs> it ends on the upper note. That is music by Lithuanian composer Vitatas Germanovicius. The piece is called Biranchios Arcos, or Crumbling Arches. We heard musicians Albinus Husknut, piano, Rust Metat, violin, and Edmundus Kukakis, cello. This is from a really interesting two-CD set called Anthology of Lithuanian Art Music in the 21st Century that was handed to me on the spot, spontaneously, uh, by Frank J. Oteri, who curated it when I ran into him at a conference in Rotterdam. And you're not used to people doing that. Usually they'll, they'll say, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll email it to you later. But no, no, he must have had five of them <laughs> on him in his, his suit, you know, which he, he can pull all kinds of things out of this suit. You know, you need a wine opener, you need a, <laughs> you need a Lithuanian art disc, <laughs> you name it. I like both of the CDs. The music, again, I mean, you know, that particular piece, the, the way that he develops that dirge-like rhythm in the beginning, it goes into a much more aggressive form later on, and then it comes back to that in the, in the, in the end. And, I mean, this kind of arch form, of course, you know, referencing the, the title of the piece as well, but you just don't hear it as much in the States. I feel like here we're all kind of a little more worried about, do we fit into an uptown, downtown? Are we a modernist? Are we, you know, maybe maybe not as much, but it doesn't seem to have that kind of worries in Lithuania. They, you know, they seem free to do whatever they want. And this two-CD set has been a, a lot of fun for me to listen to. Is this piece sort of typical of the... They're all over the, the place. Whole. I mean, no, there, there are other pieces that are wildly atonal. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I think Frank really tried to present a really eclectic variety of pieces. So they're, they're, all, they're all interesting, though. They're all well thought out. I think one thing they all have in common, if, I mean, if I can say that, they're really well structured. They, they spent a lot of time thinking about the form and the structure of the pieces. You can definitely hear that in that piece, Crumbling Arches. And you're listening to Sound Word. I'm Seth Bostead from Relevant Tones, here with Phil Klein from Q2 Music. This is a periodic segment where we get together and share music with each other and talk about it. It's uh, like what we used to do when we were teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. Today's program is Soundword, a recurring feature in which I am joined by Phil Klein from Q2 Music, and we discover music together. To subscribe to our podcast for streaming versions of this and all previous episodes or for a complete playlist of the music featured on the program today, you can visit RelevantTones.com. Next, we are going to hear a collaboration between composer and jazz pianist V.J. Iyer and jazz trumpeter Wadada Leo Smith, which is a new release on ECM. It was released in February of 2017. I think I heard it a little bit before that, so it seems older, but it's a fairly new release. A little off my radar since it came out on the ECM Jazz series. This is a very interesting piece. V.J. Iyer, of course, has been getting a lot of notice in the last few years, mainly as a jazz pianist, also as just a straight-out composer. One of the things he's been interested in kind of harkens back to the 50s, is sort of this idea of a, well, he doesn't call it a third stream, but the area right between classical composition, whatever you want to call it, and improvisation, and having the two meet each other, blend with each other, or have tension with each other. And it's something he's talked about a bit, and I think, I don't think, I know that this is by far the most interesting and striking example of this in VJR's output so far. And we should also give complete equal credit to Wadada Leo Smith, who is a somewhat unsung hero. He had a near miss a few years ago, being a runner-up for the Pulitzer for a, a big piece of his. And so it's great to see the two of them doing their thing together on this record, which is called A Cosmic Rhythm with Every Stroke. 
It was commissioned by the Metropolitan Museum of Art, specifically for an exhibition of paintings by Nazreen Mohammadi, who not only made these paintings, but also wrote these little poems or epigrams, which have influenced the pieces and their titles. This one is called Uncut Emeralds.
Uncut Emeralds, one of the tracks from A Cosmic Rhythm in Every Stroke, a collaboration between B.J. Iyer and Wadada Leo Smith. Fascinating record. The way that they work together is, I don't know, it's like a very unusual, delicate collaboration. If you look at it from the classical side, if you look at it from the jazz side, it's just like, well, excellent business as usual. But 
I highly recommend checking this record out. It's on ECM. I think either side, you don't get a whole lot of trumpet piano music. <laughs> and, and it's such a <laughs> sensitive piece. I was really glad you brought it in because Vijay Iyer is a huge name. And, and yet, for whatever reason, I haven't heard very much of his music. It's just one of those kind of holes that exists in my mm. listening. And so it was really great for me to be able to listen to this piece and, and hear. I mean, there's so many influences going on, but clearly both of them have something that they want to say as well. And again, it, really sensitive album. I mean, this yeah, is it, this it, is beautiful music. It almost sounds like a collaboration between Olivia Messian and Miles Davis or something. Right, right. right. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I had a question for you too because before we listened to that, you were saying something about this isn't exactly a third stream piece. That's uh, for those who don't know, the composer Gunther Schuller's attempts to right. combine. In his case, it was really kind of dodecophonic modernism with jazz. But do you think VJ Iyer was aware of third stream attempts? Do you think that he has a consciousness of that? Hmm, well, he's young enough that he wouldn't have known about it first. Firsthand, but uh, on the other hand, he's also teaching at Harvard, which is sort of like, you know, I mean, Schuller is a New England and Boston-based guy. Um, he must be aware of it. I, I think he's very aware of the history of, of jazz. But uh, I, I mean, I was sort of kidding uh, because the original efforts at Third Stream, I always thought were a little, well, whatever. They were semi-successful, whereas what's going on now is just much more natural. It's just these guys are in yeah. this, the same playground. They play together. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. And I'm just going to go back to that because I love it. Messian meets Miles Davis. <laughs> yeah, they're hanging out. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> hey, hey, Olivier. That's cool. I like those shoes. <laughs> and I like birds. We all like birds. Who's this, Miles? Thank you very much. <laughs> well, the piece that I brought in, or the next one that I brought in, is called Songlines. And this also, for me, just had, had a personal resonance because uh, it's, it's inspired by a book by Bruce Chatwin that came out in the 1980s. And weirdly, when I was in high school in Jefferson City, Missouri, in public school, <laughs> this was required reading in S-K-O-M, one of my classes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So just a, a little uh, plug for the public school system. Yay, we like it. <laughs> it's a good thing. Let's do educate oh, our citizens. Absolutely. <laughs> At any rate, Songlines is this fascinating book. It's about his journey through Australia. And so it's, it's half travelogue and it's half story of the Songlines themselves, which the Aborigines in Australia believe to have been what their ancestors, when they walked the, the land in the beginning, that they were these mystical divine creatures that basically created the land, created the landscape with songs. And so the Songlines are not on a map, but everybody knows what they are. And when you walk them today and you sing those songs, you trace the path of your ancestors as they actually created the land. So this is a pretty heavy, amazing inspiration for a a, a string quartet. And uh, the composer is Michael Ippolito. And uh, I think he does a marvelous job with it. It's not maybe the first thing I think of when when you see that concept like that is, oh, my God, this could be really (laughs) heavy-handed. You know, I mean, he's trying to evoke the dawn of time. (laughs) But he's not really. He doesn't go that far into it. I mean, it's it's minimalist. It's, it's, uh, It's really quite a lovely piece. And it was commissioned by the Ataka Quartet. So we'll hear them performing now. Song Lines by Michael Ippolito.
the Ataka Quartet, sounding fabulous as usual. The piece is called Songlines by composer Michael Ippolito. And we have here this really incredible idea of trying to summon up musically the idea of Australian Aborigines, these kind of semi-mythical legendary beings who walked the land and, and kind of sang it into existence, mountains, rivers, all the landscape. And these songlines exist to this day. They've been handed down from the Aborigines all the way to the modern time, and they know where they are. They're not on any physical map, but they, they exist, and you can walk them today and, and sing those songs and uh, have, have this kind of resonance with the past, the mythical past of the country. And I think he's done a marvelous job in that piece. There's really not, I've heard it several times now, there's really not a whole lot of musical material in the piece, but what he does with it is great. It's, it's really developed, I think, very well. I listen to it without reading anything about it. I just, when I got the file, I just put on the headphones and listened. And I just listened to the musical argument, whatever you want to call it, you know, just followed it and, and, and found it, you know, it really held my attention. It was really interesting. But I'm wondering, is there any folkloric material actually in here? Any? No, uh-huh. I, I, I don't think so. I don't hear anything, you know, and, and right. having heard a lot of Peter Sculthorpe and other composers who do use Aboriginal right, material, right. I don't think so. No, I think it's purely his own invention. Very cool. Yeah, I, at one point I thought, wait a minute, I hear a little bit of the Schubert G major quartet in there or something, but uh, no, I, I like it a lot. And who knows? I mean, contemporary composers draw from so many things. Yeah. <laughs> We're not well, even aware of it. It had to do <laughs> so. when the cello starts playing all those tremolos, and then all of a sudden they're like throwing the parallel major and minor at each other. That's what made me think of, of the late Schubert piece. But. And that's actually one of my favorite parts, if only because in grad school I was told, don't write tremolo. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Nobody does me? it. It's over. You give me strings, I write tremolo. <laughs> yeah, that's tremolo a... <laughs> is great. It's fantastic. That's a wonderful passage. <laughs> it's super effective. So pay attention to your teachers, but do what you want. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're going to return now to the uh, John Luther Adams, right, Phil? We heard one of the sky pieces. Let's hear one of the bird pieces. This one is called Hour of the Doves, and you will get to hear the members of the crossing do their best bird calls.
That was The Hour of the Doves, one of the sections from John Luther Adams' Canticles of the Holy Winds, which just came out on Cantaloupe, brilliantly performed by Philadelphia's The Crossing. Yeah, that's a ton of fun. I mean, I would think to sing in that. I don't know. I mean, you, you have to be a little courageous, though, because, uh, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's not your normal uh, sound for a choir. Yeah, and I, uh, I I know I sort of know some of the crossing and their and their director Donald Nally, and I uh, I understand they really have a great deal of fun doing this. It's it's one of the amazing things about the group is is the spirit of it that is the crossing, mm-hmm. and what makes it even more amazing is that you sometimes find that in a group of three or four to find it in a group of twenty four. <laughs> um, I think it, a lot of it comes from the top. Donald Nally is doing an amazing job with this group. Sure. I mean, the rehearsal time alone for you know, <laughs> that piece, but all the other things, are, I mean, they're so willing to do whatever the composer wants, which yeah. is great in, in theory, but it requires a ton of work to do it right, and they do it right. We have time for one more thing. Let's listen to the last section, which is called Dark Wind. was an excerpt from John Luther Adams' Canticles of the Holy Winds, performed by The Crossing. And you've been listening to Soundward. This is Phil Klein from Q2 Music. And I'm Seth Bostead from Relevant Tones. Thanks so much for listening. Relevant Tones has been produced by Sarah Zwinklis and engineered by Hannes Brown. Special thanks to our intern Liz Peterson and additional production help provided by Rebecca Neistat. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm Seth Bostead from the WFMT Radio Network, Chicago.